Welcome to Frictionless Marketing, an exploration of how modern marketers are building their brands, reaching their audiences, and thriving in this post-advertising world. June Lee Risser is a Vice President and General Manager for the U.S. Galderma Consumer Care Business. A strategic business leader with a passion for building great brands, June is responsible for leading the U.S. commercial organization for the Galderma portfolio of consumer available brands, including Cetaphil. Prior to joining Galderma, June spent 12 years with Reckitt Benkiser. During her time there, she led key consumer brands such as Lysol and Clearasil to new heights. June holds a bachelor's degree from Princeton University and a master's degree from the JFK School of Government at Harvard University. In this conversation, June discusses how Cetaphil walks the walk with their brand commitments, the key to remaining relevant in a sea of disruptive upstarts in the CPG category, and the two qualities she looks for in new employees. Please enjoy this conversation between June Risser and Lippy Taylor CEO, Paul Dyer. Hello and welcome back. I'm joined today by June Lee Risser, who is Vice President and General Manager for the U.S. Uh, Galderma Consumer Care Business. June, thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Paul. So uh, I thought... June, we would start by jumping right into talking about your brands. Um, so you have um, some amazing brands that you oversee, Cetaphil being one of them. Um, Cetaphil, obviously a brand that many of us have grown up with. Um, and it's also a brand that has always appealed to a, a diverse consumer base. Um, you're somebody who is very passionate about skin diversity. Uh, can you maybe start off by just telling us what that means to you and how it informs your marketing strategy. Absolutely. Uh, Cetaphil was founded over 70 years ago, and it really was designed and purpose-driven to be a brand that is appealing to anyone with sensitive skin. And you may say that that is uh, perhaps narrowing our target consumer and the patients and consumers that we serve. But what we've found is that 70% in the U.S. as well as globally of our consumers self-identify as sensitive skin. And that is a very diverse group of consumers and patients that use Cetaphil and so when we think of at Galderma and we think of on Cetaphil as skin diversity, we think about inclusion and all of the different kinds of people, human beings um, that experience sensitive skin, whether it's acne or disease states like rosacea, whether it's skin of color along the Fitzpatrick scale, we're really trying to serve diverse needs of consumers and patients. And I think it's pretty cool that Cetaphil uh, can be such an important brand in the lives um, of such a large group of consumers. And um, one of the things that I think is really neat about the brand is that it does appeal to young as well as old, to men and women, um, and it, it is really a testament to the product quality as well as the relevance of the brand that uh, we can still 
be a brand that people turn to um, for many, many years. Yeah, I mean, that that's a magic word these days, right? Relevance. And in particular, it feels like um, a lot of heritage brands, legacy brands, are are struggling to maintain that relevance with a younger audience, with Gen Z. And you've got across CPG, across beauty, you've got startups, um, up, you know, young upstarts, um, you know, kind of coming onto the scene every day. Um, so what's, what, you know, what is the secret? How is Cetaphil, you know, sort of maintaining that 70 year legacy and um, still being a, a cool young brand? Yes, relevancy is so important in uh, today's day and age of marketing for brands, and especially in the world of skincare. And I always go back to the core principle of great brands and great marketing, which is being really, really clear about what the brand stands for and being true to your brand values. Um, And heritage brands can play a really meaningful and relevant role, especially when they are endorsed by dermatologists. And that is definitely part of our heritage. And what we're seeing is the importance of uh, third-party recommendations for brands. It's not just the brand that's touting um, how good they are and how relevant they are. It is also having those third-party endorsements and staying relevant with a a group of true experts is um, important to the Cetaphil heritage. Um, And you'll see that in today's consumer age, you mentioned Gen Z, many of them, in fact, may not be turning to dermatologists, but also other skin experts influencers, whether they're on TikTok or other social channels, have also exploded in importance. And so I think staying true to what the brand stands for, being relevant by communicating and telling your brand story, not just from the brand, but through others that are experts in your field in the world of skincare, that's really part of what makes the DNA of Cetaphil and how we stay relevant today across all of the channels and ways that consumers want to interact with us, which is really, really different place to be than even 10 years ago, where the channels and the fragmentation was not quite as cluttered as it is today. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, I think, makes a ton of sense when you say it like that. Obviously, you know, the devil's in the details when it comes to executing against that. Um, But, you know, there's one of the great debates, I guess, in marketing right now is this debate of brand building kind of um, juxtaposed with or versus product marketing. And this has really been sort of accelerated by by the rise of programmatic, of course. Um, so you've, you've talked a lot about um, brand building and Cetaphil and the power of that brand. Um, and then, you know, I mentioned a minute ago, all these young upstart brands, a lot of them are being built on the backs of programmatic, um, you know, in, in more lower funnel tactics. So I'm curious where you weigh in on, on this great debate of, you know, sort of brand building versus product marketing, uh, you know, in the lower funnel focus. Great question. I'll start by saying I've always believed that great products 
build great brands. Um, and you can absolutely have a story to tell. But at the end of the day, especially in the world of skincare, where these are very personal products that are designed to help address either a skin disease or a skin need, uh, this is important to have great products. And that is something that um, the company of Galderma and certainly Cetaphil stands for. However, at the marketing end of it, it is important to communicate to consumers behind products, power skews, new innovations, so they know where to go in terms of uh, the choices that they have. Again, it's important to start with the consumer first um, and what is their need? What is, and there, therefore, what is the benefit that um, the brand can provide and those benefits are delivered through the actual products. And so when we're thinking about the marketing mix, um, having a good balance, depending on what your business objectives are and brand objectives is important, whether you're talking about brand building or individual um, marketing tactics to drive new products or power SKUs. I would say that in the world of marketing planning, this is something that has truly changed and will continue to be transformed. Um, in the past, there was that typical annual brand plan. And what we found is that um, planning in advance is important, absolutely, but you're also needing to plan and adjust and pivot and flex across whether it's brand initiatives, power SKUs and NPIs that you're supporting that are more lower funnel, um, driving to commerce, driving to conversion, driving to trial and sales. And so it's that constant pivot um, and reevaluating your marketing mix on a regular basis that's truly much more hands-on keyboard at the moment for all marketers even all the way up to chief marketing officers and general managers, there is no more this annual brand plan and you set it and you forget it. You're constantly looking at the mix of your marketing. Well, I mean, I think in many ways it's very exciting, right? To, to really be able to be having informed pivots, I guess, you know, because you're, you're drawing to mind the old classic Eisenhower quote that plans are useless, but the act of planning is, is, you know, invaluable. That's um, right. <laughs> so um, you mentioned something earlier. Um, first, you started out by saying that Cetaphil was born as a purpose-led brand. And then you mentioned um, following your values. And <clears throat> there's something that um, Cetaphil and you and your team have done for years now with a place called Camp Wonder that I was hoping you might be able to just explain, um, you know, explain to our listeners um, and talk about, you know, sort of the impact that's had both on your, your teams, your staff, um, as well as the brand. Thank you for the question because Camp Wonder is absolutely a passion of mine, of our team and of Galderma. So Camp Wonder is a camp in California um, that has been going for over 20 years that serves uh, children with serious skin diseases. 
and it is the one week out of the year where uh, we are able to uh, bring together these children uh, to experience childhood and joy um, with other children who um, suffer from those serious skin diseases. It's put on um, by a nonprofit called the Children's Skin Disease Foundation. And I'm really proud to say that Galderma and Cetaphil have been a, a sponsor and a partner um, with this organization to really make a difference um, in the lives of children. I have personally experienced at the camp out in California, um, live and in person. And um, I can just tell you one story where one of the campers that I met um, loves horses and was able to go horseback riding for uh, the very first time at uh, Camp Wonder. And so your experience is tremendous. Um, they have a prom where prom night, they play music and they all seem to know the campers, uh, the uh, words to Britney Spears songs and Taylor Swift songs. And it's just a chance for them to really feel normal because many of these uh, children um, can be um, in wheelchairs. We have a med tent where our medical staff and dermatologists are there on call. And it's just a tremendous way for Cetaphil and Galderma to truly play a role in um, the lives of, of children who are impacted by skin diseases. And that goes back to the conversation earlier, Paul, we were having about a brand being true to what um, it stands for. And Cetaphil certainly has a role to play in skin health and um, that commitment to uh, skin health health and truly impacting the lives of consumers and patients is part of the reason why we're so passionate about Camp Wonder and uh, donating Cetaphil products and just helping uh, the children, many of whom called Cetaphil liquid gold. Liquid gold, <laughs> that's great. Um... And what I love about that story, June, is, is, as you mentioned, you were actually there, right? It wasn't just a drop shipping product. Like you and people from Galderma are actually there and really involved. And I think that that's a, that's a, a, a testament to the passion that you mentioned. Um, so, well, speaking of being there, right, it's been a year and a half, essentially, since we've all been there together, um, for the most part. Obviously, things are starting to open back up a little bit, but in that, in that period, you've had a large team that you've had to manage remotely and you've had customers that obviously are, are operating totally differently. And I'm just curious, um, how has this affected your overall leadership style and, and communications approach with your, with your team, your customers, and all your different stakeholders? Yes, uh, COVID-19 has impacted so many uh, people around the world and um, people really are the heart of um, my leadership uh, and have, has been the number one priority through the pandemic and continues to be um, as a leader at Galderma running the brand Cetaphil and Diffrin. Um, it is important to have great brands and great products and great pipeline, but people make the business. I always say that people first people make the business. And so in terms of COVID-19 and leadership, 
it really is about coming to life through communication and visibility when we were all forced to work remotely, work from home. I truly believe that the future will be more flexible, will be more connected, and will be even more technology enabled. Uh, so flexibility, connection, and technology have been critical to allow teams to come together during COVID times, interacting with dermatologists, interacting with customers like Walmart, interacting with colleagues and employees in ways that we never thought we could before. And going back to the Camp Wonder example, last year we ran the camp virtually and we Zoomed the campers in and I participated in that. So that's an example of how as a leader you're showing up very differently in these more hybrid technology, but still connected ways with your uh, colleagues. And visibility and communication and the frequency of communication has been extremely important during the COVID times. Um, and my team knows I like to be on camera because it is important to be visible um, and so for all of my Zoom and team calls as a leader, that is absolutely critical to maintain that open communication and visibility. And thankfully, things are opening back up and we are able to be together in person again. Um, but that connection still continues in the future through hybrid ways. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think many people are looking forward to that as, as you describe it. Um, now, you obviously have known Maureen Lippi for many years, and so you know that women in leadership is a big, it's, a, it's, a, it's very close to our heart. Um, so one of the things that oftentimes comes up when we talk about women in leadership positions is mentorship and the importance of mentorship and finding a mentor that you can relate to um, in more ways than one. Um, so I'm curious, have you benefited yourself from um, a mentor throughout your career that you know has helped you um, to to reach where you have have reached. Um, and what advice would you give to people who are thinking to themselves, "I would like to find a mentor, but I I don't know where to start." Sure, sure. Women in leadership positions is another passion point of mine, and I fully mm -hmm. believe that it is important um, to help other women uh, stand up in organizations through active mentoring, and also uh, role modeling and coaching on the job training. Um, and Maureen definitely has been an inspiration uh, to me personally as um, a, a CEO of a, 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 a growing organization and um, has really inspired me through her leadership role. Within Galderma, we have, for example, employee uh, resource groups, and I'm proud to say that I lead our multicultural employee resource group. We also have uh, networks for um, helping women leaders. And so it is important that companies not just walk, uh, talk the talk, but walk the walk um, with uh, true initiatives and support. Um, and throughout my career, which I always like to say is a long and windy path, 
um, to where I am today through multiple um, career moves and industries and companies, I have consistently looked to women leaders for um, help, coaching, and guidance um, throughout my, uh, my different moves. And I would encourage those who are um, looking for advice and mentors is taking some risks, networking outside your comfort zone, reaching out. More often than not, uh, women leaders are open um, to uh, just taking, um, taking the time to tell their stories, um, which might open a different path for um, uh, your next career move. Um, taking risks is important and having another woman leader um, to talk to is important. Um, one risk, for example, that I took in my career was moving from management consulting um, into uh, brand marketing. And so for many years, I worked at a boutique consulting company in New York City, advising chief marketing officers, CEOs on brand strategy and growth strategy. And uh, then decided in order to really round out my marketing skill set, I needed to quote unquote go on the inside. And that's when I decided to join Reckitt Ben Kieser. And I definitely networked a lot and sought advice from many different leaders, uh, men and women, in terms of that career pivot. Um, and really, I'm pleased that I was able to do that because then from Reckitt Ben Kieser, I joined Galderma, and it's been a wonderful experience of five years at Galderma, really um, navigating my way through the organization into a general manager role. And I do feel it is important for female leaders, uh, women leaders to be in roles that have uh, financial and PL accountability and responsibility um, to be able to show the next generation of um, marketers that, that that kind of a career path is possible. I think that's great. And your story is certainly inspirational. And, and this concept of taking a risk um, in your career and taking on a new role, something that's come up um, so with some frequency as we've spoken to you know, senior people around the industry on this podcast. Um, Jen Say, for example, the president at Levi's we just um, uh, met with very recently, um, gave similar advice saying in, in her career, she actually took maybe a, a tiny step backwards at one point um, in order to launch herself in a new direction. Um, as we're thinking about sort of new directions, new approaches for the next generation, um, obviously everybody's focused on things like digital marketing and you know becoming better at influencers and those kinds of things. But I mean, in a general management role, of course, a lot has changed in the last 10 years when it comes to how, <clears throat> excuse me, how, you know, you're managing brands. So I'm just curious, what are the sort of mindsets or the capabilities that you think that, you know, future marketing leaders need to embrace um, that maybe, maybe they're tried and true and been, been the same for a long time, or maybe they're, they're, they're new pivots. Yes. I think the new pivot is actually going back to people. Um, because in my role as a general manager, uh, a lot of the time that I spend is on coaching and developing the team and talent and the amazing people that are on 
the team already, but then also um, hiring and uh, finding new talent and interviewing new hires because that diverse fabric of your team and your employees makes the marketers of the future, makes the salespeople of the future, makes the functional leaders of the future that will ultimately drive that brand growth. So putting people first and really spending time there um, is really important to me in my role as a general manager and certainly will continue to be important. When it comes to marketing pivots, I do not believe in quote unquote digital marketing. I think um, I believe in marketing um, and that means talking to consumers, dialoguing with consumers and communicating with consumers in any channel that they choose to uh, communicate with you. And so really seeing this divide between non-digital and digital is somewhat false story. And I would encourage uh, marketers of the future to really go back to the core principles of understanding your consumer, what makes them tick, what is important to them in their lives, and then how can your brand be relevant uh, to them. And then talking to them and dialoguing in those digital channels that they choose to. I think that that explosion of digital channels and media is only going to continue. So you have to stay on your toes and understand all of those. Um, but going back to those core principles of knowing your consumer and putting your consumer or your patient or your customer first, um, that is absolutely going to be an enduring trend in uh, the world of marketing, no matter how many new digital channels um, come on the scene. Well, and you do a great job of making the complex simple there, which is obviously also part of the job, so to speak. Um, you started talking about people and hiring, and you have, I mean, your business is growing dramatically. You've added a lot of people to your team. <clears throat> You've made a lot of hires yourself. Um, so what do you look for when you're hiring? Great question. Um, and I would say fundamentally, um, two things, um, courage and integrity. Um, and courage goes back to the discussion we were having about taking risks and really showing um, through examples, through behaviors, the kinds of skills um, that it takes for leading brands and leading companies into the future um, and really having the courage to um, make those bold moves. Um, and so that's why I really am looking for that kind of a trait. And then when it comes to integrity, uh, it really goes to what the employee, the prospective employee is, um, is, is standing for in terms of um, their core values and are they uh, committed to doing the right things for their brand, for their teammates, for their company, for their customers? Um, having that integrity um, and the core values um, is absolutely important because marketing skill sets um, and sales skill sets, many of those 
those skills can be trained, um, but courage and, and integrity are core to the fundamentals of what that person stands for and can cut through a lot of the um, questions as you're seeking to hire great new talent. Courage and integrity. It's, it's a, a wonderful place for us to um, wrap up our conversation here, June, um, because I think to your point, there's really, that's an unteachable sort of attributes um, and yet um, still something that obviously everybody should aspire to um, in themselves and in the people around them. So um, June, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insights here today. I'm sure our listeners are really going to enjoy hearing everything that you have shared. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back out there now that the world is opening up again. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. Have a great day. All right. Here, as always, are some key takeaways from this conversation with June Risser. Number one, boots on the ground equals real commitment. Camp Wonder is the annual event for children suffering from skin disorders that Cetaphil sponsors and is particularly proud of. Instead of just drop shipping products, June and her team attend the event on a regular basis. By being there, their commitment is illustrated, and furthermore, the experience invigorates her and her team because they get to see the good that the brand does firsthand. This is an incredible boost to morale and therefore performance. Having a mission is critical for a brand, but make sure your teammates can witness the mission in action up close and personal. Number two, maintain relevance by returning to your brand's core purpose regularly. In this day and age, there are endless amounts of upstarts that are disrupting many businesses, CPG and beauty more so than most others. To safeguard against this disruption, June recommends staying entirely in touch with what your brand's purpose was on day one, instead of constantly reevaluating who you are and confusing consumers. Third-party endorsements can also help with this tremendously, not just doctors though, but influencer experts as well. Marketing, however, is and will continue to be a constant struggle and requires constantly pivoting and reevaluating your strategies and tactics, but it also requires that you make sure to keep your core principles top of mind throughout the journey. Number three, look for courage and integrity in new hires. When asked what she looks for when hiring new candidates, June, without question, stated courage and integrity. She went on to say that sales and marketing skills can be taught, but what cannot be taught are these two qualities, both of which can tremendously enable an employee to have a consistently positive impact on the company's culture and bottom line, particularly during tough times like COVID-19. Find a way to seek these qualities out in your prospective employees, ideally during the interview process. This could be through stories of triumph over adversity or stories of regular old courage. Integrity and courage can trump skills and experience in the long term. Anyway, thank you as always for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with your friends and colleagues on LinkedIn? Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Lippy Taylor, that's L-I-P-P-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R. And to learn more about us and our agency, visit us at LippyTaylor.com. Thank you for listening to Frictionless Marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to check out Paul's best-selling book, Friction Fatigue, What the Failure of Advertising Means for Future-Focused Brands. 
In Friction Fatigue, Paul explains to readers why advertising is broken and provides a frictionless marketing framework to help build your brand in an era where advertising is no longer the answer. You'll learn how to protect your business against competitors and lead the pack with fresh marketing strategies that will help you prepare for a future where the consumer rules. Friction Fatigue is now available on Amazon and as a book on tape on audible.com. Thanks again for listening.